you're not just buying the people who bought off you, you're buying everyone who's registered. There are more people in your database that you can stay in touch with, serve them content of relevance and value. And then one day they'll, they'll leave, they'll buy or they'll refer you. And that's what you're paying for. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're gonna to be talking about why webinars are bloody difficult. Andy, we're back. We're back. Webinars, popular. Popular. Uh, I, I'd say popular because of COVID. <laughs> that uh, everyone who sold from the stage, everyone that did sales yeah. presentations, pitches, suddenly had to do it on Zoom. And uh, lots of coaches, marketing companies came up with strategies for webinars. And they're sort of, so what, what's what's the problem? Why are they difficult? People are leap. I mean, we see a lot of people leaping into them. Mm. And they clearly haven't done much practice, which is quite an obvious one to do. But there's so, there's quite a few reasons, I think, isn't it, why webinars aren't a sugar-coated solution. Yeah. I mean, I find it funny that the people who are scared to make a cold call are excited to do a webinar. Well, if you can't do a cold call, you definitely can't do a webinar. And But, yeah, they're just inherently difficult. So much can go wrong. So you need to know your way around the software you know, something like Zoom or Teams or whatever you're doing it on. You, oh, teams. Yeah. You need to know about landing pages, ads. You need to know about warm-up funnels. You need to know about warm-up sequences. You need to know about being able to sell. You need to know about being able to handle objections. There's just a long, long list of things that need to be on your radar. And at the same time, everyone can see you. So if, you know, unlike on a cold call on a sale, someone throws you an objection, you can talk your way around it. And if you're sweating doesn't matter they can't see you but on a webinar they can see you can't look panicked yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and what's i mean if you start with why mm. as you always do why do you think so many people are doing webinars what why do they think that is the solution is so, it always the solution popular phrase in our game at the moment particularly for coaches or anyone selling services is one to many one to many is being pushed around everywhere and webinar is obviously the uh I'll just let you get that massive yawn in. Oh. It definitely wasn't silent. Andy ran a long way yesterday in training for the marathon, and he's struggling. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, by the time I recover, it's time for the next one. Yeah, um, yeah. that one-to-many thing so attractive to people mm. that I can do one sales pitch and 50 people will buy from me. And there are examples on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok now of people who've genuinely done a 100K sales day off the back of a webinar. But... They might have spent 99k on ads. Well, there's that, there is that for sure. And we literally know people who are happy to spend 50k on ads to put to pull 100k back. Kimmy. Yeah. But I can probably count the people I know that have genuinely done that on my hands. And that's that's the difference that actually maybe some people have spent a grand on ads and pulled 2 grand in. But there won't, there'll be very few people out there that have done six figures off a webinar. But yeah, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, I do find it hard. I speak to people and they're talking about their webinars and they're getting a bit downhearted because, you know, only two people turned up or they're doing a webinar next week and they've only got one person registered. But then I ask them what they're doing to promote it. And it's, oh, I've done, you know, a few Instagram posts about it. I've sent an email out to my database of 100 people. And it's like, well... What do you expect? No, yeah, no shit. It's... um. I mean, to be honest, it's it's fucking hard work. I know yeah. you said bloody difficult, but it really is like... Well, that so was just for Google so that we uh, can actually put the podcast out. To, to get enough 
people to your webinar to make as many of them qualified for what you're selling to get them to actually bloody book a call or buy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then all the ones who maybe didn't turn up, what are you doing about them staying in touch with them? Is a lot of, and that it doesn't even count the technical aspects of running a webinar. Oh, the, the big one for me, and I witnessed this on someone else's webinar on Saturday because we do uh, support our clients if they go this route. But if you jump on your webinar, let's say you've got 120 people on there, and by the time you get to your pitch, that's dropped to 40. That is really hard for your mindset. That I mean, that didn't happen on Saturday, but. Just that drop off of like, oh, people aren't interested, or for whatever reason, the kettle's boiled, Amazon are here, mm-hmm. the kids are playing up, the dog's barking, can really suck the life out of you. Where if you're dealing with someone one on one on a sales call and they say they're not interested, yeah, it's bad, but you've been rejected by one person, not by 40. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you go to um, when you go to a conference or something and someone's doing their pitch and they get to the cell and like half the room starts leaving or whatever, and you're there yeah. on stage, and you see all these people drifting out, that must be like really difficult. I'd call them out. I'd call them out. Where are you fucking going? Like, this is the best bit. But also, you've made a... Here's a quick tip. If your pitch or sell is at the very end of your webinar, stage talk, whatever it is, you do, conversation, you've cocked up, because you've given everyone a reason to run away. Yeah, we're quite up front. If we're trying to pitch something on a webinar early on, say, hey, this this is the offer I'm going to give you at the end, or at least, you know. Before the Q&A. Yeah, yeah, and, and some people will drop off, and you've got to be able to fight through that. And that's what you, well, you said earlier about you can't let things throw you. And, I mean, who knows what can happen. You might get someone unmute themselves if you're running a meeting rather than a webinar mm. and start, starts shouting and swearing or whatever it might be. You never know what can happen. So is the first, well, the first thing isn't preparation. It still comes back to the why are you doing this webinar? What are you trying to sell? And is there a better way of selling it? Yeah. So the examples I've generally seen is people who – are fed up of their done-for-you service or pro- and or product. So solicitors, accountants, spiritual healers, marketers, and have decided they're going to sell a coaching product or a guidance product or a school of some kind on Kajabi or whatever. And they've then got it in their heads that the best way to launch that is to do a webinar. What? I don't think people factor in is if everyone associates you with being an accountant or being a solicitor, you suddenly deciding that you're an internet personality that can host a webinar successfully is a fair gap to bridge. Like it probably took us two years of work on our brand for people to accept me and you as quote unquote influencers. Yeah, it's it is difficult because you, you. I'm always conscious of sort of poo-pooing the idea. Someone could be sat listening to this podcast, thinking, "Oh shit, I was going to run a webinar, but now it sounds like it just won't be right for me." But you've got to go into these things. Any any new form of marketing, you've got to go into it with your eyes open, and then fucking stick at it. Because guess what? Chances are you're probably not going to make many, if any, sales from your first one. And how many people I know that have done two or three webinars and they've given up? They've run their own, they've launched their own podcast, a great fanfare. A month later, they've given up. 
or didn't get any business, or they turn up to one breakfast networking meeting. You know, so many times already this year, we've talked about the importance of consistency. So do your due diligence first. If you think a webinar could be the way forward for you, if you've seen webinars work well for certain competitors, for example, then okay, go for it. But you've got to go for it 100%. And that starts with preparation. How are you going to promote this mm. event? How are you going to run this event? And how are you going to follow up with those people? And I think if people were honest with you about just how much work goes into a webinar, a lot of people would choose not to do it. Now, we do webinars, and they work for us. They don't always work for us. You know, I'm happy to say that you have a dud every once in a while, even though we know the ins and outs of webinars. It's just the nature of the game. But sometimes it's hard to convince ourselves that we do need two warm-up calls before the webinar. We do need a 20-email sequence. We do need um, all of the nudges by SMS that go out the, to re- re-promote it on social even when it's full. All these things that you have to do just to make sure you get a decent show-up rate. Then, even when you've had a decent show-up rate and you're there ready to present, you've got so many factors to consider to be prepared for. Have I got a backup internet? supply have is the lighting okay is the fire alarm going to get tested today Hmm. is the postman going to try and deliver a parcel midway through am i prepared for that is the dog going to chew through the cable as i'm doing this like just so many variables that are hard to control um so yes the reward can be high but the risk is high too uh and unless you're kind of a seasoned speaker it's it's a lot so what about pre-recording a webinar? So we're, we're, we've got some competitors that are big on that. Pre-recording and then getting it professionally edited and then driving people to the pre-recording. I know from experience that unless you get really committed leads, which takes some skilled marketing, they just won't watch it. And one of our selling points in our warm-up sequence is that it's 100% live. And we actually say no pre-recorded bullshit. It's live, it's interactive. We, all, we always make a joke of anything could happen. Like, yeah, we're doing one in the evening. Cleaner could be like hoovering outside. You never know. Naked. Um, I hope not. I've seen our cleaner. <laughs> um, so, so you do never know. But for me, that's, that's almost like part of the buzz, part of the excitement. But for some, that might be too much. And to be honest, there are some people who might be better off considering re, um, pre-recording their webinar, even though the acknowledged results might not be as good because running a live webinar ain't for them. Or it might be, but it's going to take them six, seven months to get into yeah. that frame of mind. If you could do like a free training and make it evergreen and it generates X number of inquiries for you a month and you're happy to do those sales calls, for a lot of businesses, that's a much safer option mm-hmm. and more effective. But that's not the same as a pre-recorded webinar. It's, there's a subtle difference. Pre-recorded webinar, I think it's, I, I think it's hard. I, and I know there's some famous organizations out there that can do it with YouTube ads, but I really do think it's hard to get someone to watch a recording. It's hard to get someone to watch a series on Netflix now, let alone a bloody webinar about what paint to choose. Emma and I started watching a brand new um, thing on Netflix, and both two seasons so far, both have got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. We only lasted 15 minutes, and, and, and we've, generally speaking, got quite a good attention span. What was it? Uh, the Order. Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, so some kid goes to starts college and basically um, finds out there's like a um, like a, a witches and wizard secret society. Um, so or, is it grown up? Uh, well, it's it's almost like Teen Wolf that kind of camp. Okay, so it's like it's family viewing. Family viewing, but like lots lots of hot men and hot women. All oh, right, so we're almost in the like whatever I don't know what that bloody thing's called, but the one that Buffy spun off from the new Buffy. That all these oh vampire watch. diaries no oh they'll know in there oh it's not going to come to me now not not an old thing no new it's on Netflix long long series of it oh right yeah what does Holly watch Holly watches Teen Wolf she watches oh maybe it's Vampire Diaries I'm thinking of but yeah and that kind of ilk anyway hundred percent and yeah with fifteen minutes me and Emma are like. Uh... And yeah, we just change over to something else. So attention spans are perhaps one of the biggest challenges you've got in in any form of and marketing. And you've got a fairly good one. Yeah, so. yeah. It's because um, there's just so much other choice out there, yeah. and that's why sometimes when it comes, like you know, someone we know is planning a, a webinar, or go, you know, all the planning going really well. Their main target was um, blokes, generally speaking, younger blokes, and Hank considered to look into the TV schedule and there was a massive Champions League game going on when his webinar was supposed to be going on. So there's so many things you got to look at that, right, what could scupper this? And that's why that preparation, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've tried different days, we tried different times and sometimes there is no logic. We tend to think that, you know, seven o'clock on a Thursday is best for us, but then we've run other ones in the morning and you never know, it won't suit everyone every time anyway so the, yeah. you'll, you'll always get someone saying oh i can't do 11 o'clock oh seven o'clock's so good for me because i'm looking after the kids and it's like well fuck me and Nothing we we play that. with the psychology on that as well that numbers will be better if we run it at seven o'clock on a thursday but if we run it at 11 a.m on the thursday the people in the room would probably be more committed and that's a really tricky one to weigh up because then the ones that are more committed show up to a room of 10 rather than mm. the less committed that show up to a yeah. room of 50 yeah. and you probably make more sales from the 50. It's really... So let, let's say you're going to do a webinar. You're committed to it. It's going to be in a month's time. Mm. What do you need to do to get people there? You, well, you need... First, you need a compelling marketing campaign. So you need a compelling subject and a compelling marketing campaign to get people there. I mean, it depends on what you want, but unless you've got an or, you know, an organic audience of tens of thousands and an email list over 10,000 to get a hundred people on a webinar, you're going to need some ad spend. And what do you, what do you reckon give, give our listeners business to business, a ballpark figure for what kind of cost per head registrant you can expect <sighs> between 10 and 20 quid. Which is very ballpark, I'm aware. Yeah. But uh, things that tend to be about like life coaching or um, spirituality are a lower cost per lead. Anything to do with business, finance, health, mm. for whatever reason, is a slightly higher cost per lead. So hell, so if I was, I don't know, say if I was BC, a fitness coach or something. Yeah. Le- well, fitness coach, lower, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But health, like, I've got a, dicky heart right tends to cost a bit more it's right. probably because it's harder to narrow to that audience but yeah we, we do find that pts tend to get quite a low cost per lead um 
And, you know, there will be Facebook people out there screaming at the podcast right now saying, oh, you can get leads for two quid. Yes, you can. Mm. But we don't. We drive people to a landing page that deliberately disqualifies a lot of people because I don't want people showing up on my webinar or one of my clients' webinars that's never going to buy. So landing page then. So you're saying not necessarily the bigger the better, but it's got to streamline the people you get there to weed yeah. them out early. Yeah, you've either got to be um incredibly captivating on video so that they want to watch the video on the landing page and take all the information in which is bloody hard to get people to do or you need a landing page that makes it really clear really quickly who it is for and who it isn't for and ideally a bit of both okay um but most people who are quite good at writing generally aren't very good on camera and most people who are good on camera generally aren't very good at writing okay so you so you capture their information and obviously send them the details of mm. when and where you're doing the webinar um what's a good turn up rate i think if you get 20 percent, you're doing all right from what we know we've got clients that get 50 percent, but bloody nora do they work hard to get that 50 percent? so what are the commonalities between the higher shirt rates and uh, not not afraid to piss people off. Happy to send a lot of emails and a lot of text messages. Not afraid to call people to make sure they're coming. Willing to give something away to ensure show up rates. So offer a prize or a promise. Um, which there's an argument then that those people aren't there for the webinar. They're there for the prize. Mm-hmm. So you've got lots of things to contend with. So generally we would advise that the prize or promise is linked to the product that you're selling. Um, then you've got um, able to overcome objections. So even though people have chosen to sign up for it on their own volition, they then start making excuses why not to come, much like people who join the gym and then never go. So then you've got to say, well, this is where it's going to be valuable for you. Remind yourself of why you signed up in the first place. Here's some social proof of people who've mm-hmm. come before. Um so yeah, those people who post two or three times on Facebook and then wonder why there's only three people on their webinar. On, on the day of the webinar, for example, we send four emails. On the day of the webinar. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. And and you mentioned SMS messages as well, but absolutely email. Sometimes you sign up for a webinar and you'll get the link and maybe one other email in between. And obviously, if you're ripe, hot, and super keen and strange like us, you just go and put it in your diary straight away, then it's done. Most people but don't. most people don't. You need to send reminder yeah. after reminder. Get it in your diary if you haven't yet. You know, don't don't be in the twenty percent of people who forget. Uh, sorry, don't be in the eighty percent of people who who don't show up for free webinars. Here's a here's a tip. You know that. Don't eat thing, yellow snow. You know, well, yeah, that that's number one. But number two is when you get that email saying I can't find the details for the webinar, and you lose your shit. It's, like, it's obvious. It's on the it's on the confirmation email. You're wrong. They're right because you didn't send enough ways for them to absorb that information. They should have had it as a text message. They should have had a confirmation call. They should have had it on multiple emails. And you need to eat a bit of humble pie and realize that that means there wasn't enough. That's hard, isn't it? It is hard because business owners are normally quite direct and quite uh, sort of efficient. So like me or you, maybe put it straight into their diary or at least flagged it on their emails or whatever but that's weird most people don't behave like that and most people like if they've registered on zoom 
that will have completely gone out of their head and they'll be searching your company name on their email and wondering why they can't find it. Or, alternatively, if they've registered on a landing page, they'll be searching Zoom on there. You've got to kind of factor in all eventualities. And get this, we've had people turn up to in-person events that they've paid. Sorry, we've had people pay for in-person events and then not show. So if you're running a free virtual webinar, yeah, you just got to be, no matter what you do, again, like you say, if you can get 50% of people who register to turn up, fucking hell, you are doing amazingly. But generally speaking, if you've got 100 people register, expect 20. Yeah. And like, we call our registrants and say, oh, looking forward to seeing you got any questions before, just making sure you got it in your diary. And we're good at landing pages and we're good at ads and still about 25% of our registrants will say, I don't know what I signed up for. So <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I, I remember back in the day, I mean, we still run loads of ads 24-7, but you'd get people respond to ads at like 2 in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, whatever, just basically pissed or yeah. very tired. And... <clears throat> One where it's worth uh, trialling an ad campaign that just runs between bloody nine and nine or something. Well, that's something. why the shopping channels come on at that time of night, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Back when we used to drink quite a bit, yeah, we used to buy loads of shit. And then what was the other thing? Insanity. Then was, then... Sean Teaser. Yeah, yeah. Emma, Emma bought the whole DVD set. And then those bloody gambling game shows used to come on at that time of night as well that you could phone into. So, generally, most people's um, objective for their webinar is to make sales mm -hmm. or book calls. But what would you say is the common error people make with that? Well, you've already mentioned one, mm -hmm. that people just, like like when speak, they speak from the stage, they just hit people with an offer at the end, and then mm. they obviously see the, the, the viewer numbers drop off. Um, I'd say a lot of people, they don't know how to sell. And if you're, if a client was to come to us and say, I want to run a webinar, obviously loads of questions out to ask them, but if they can't sell, if they need coaching on selling, if they haven't got anything sexy and compelling to sell, just fucking practice first. So many people, they throw all their ad budget on their first webinar. Whereas the way we work, use your first, probably two or even three webinars as a practice run. If you make sales through them, absolutely great. But we don't, hit people with an offer out of the blue. I think that's really just sort of amateur hour. But the fact is, I think it's most people, they, they don't enjoy selling. I'm not saying it's the first thing I want to do when I wake up, but if, if you haven't got that energy, that passion to, to take someone you've marketed to and sell to them to get them over the line, to take them from a viewer into a buyer, a subscriber into a buyer, whatever it might be, then fucking hell, running a webinar is about the hardest thing you can do. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it took me two years of non-stop practice to start enjoying sales. And even now, I've got to say, selling to the right people, like we talked a lot about yeah. qualification, selling to qualified people can actually be fun. But when you're selling to people who haven't been qualified, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of pain there because, I mean, some of the stuff we've encountered, some of the things we've had to coach our clients with, well, oh, you're just you're just another fucking spammy cunt. You know that is something that was said to one of our clients, and he it's, is. it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 
that fear we've talked about fear a lot on on various podcast episodes but it's not something you overcome knowing maybe how to better process something that might happen yeah it's got i'm not saying it's like water off a duck's back everyone's got a chink in their armor we know that someone just fucking knows what your red button is they can say that thing that just gets through that chink in your armor but if you've got a fear of just selling period okay well we've we got some work to do or hire a fucking salesperson or outsource the selling someone yeah. someone in your organization has to sell yeah i mean because i must be a glutton for punishment but i i really enjoy the sales process now the temptation so strong sometimes for me to say to clients, well, you've got all these leads, but you just don't know how to sell. Let me have a go at them. I'll take a percentage because I'm, I'm like really in the groove with it. But I've had to face an awful lot of rejection to get to a point where I'm comfortable with that. And some people never will get there. So I think a safe bet on webinars, which we encourage our clients to do is, book a call as your call to action and then have someone who takes those calls that really knows what they're doing because maybe you're the best presenter in your business, but if you can't close a sale, it doesn't matter how good a presenter you are. Ideally you need to know, get to the point where you know how many no's you need to get, to get a yes. Yeah. And so whether that's fucking knocking on doors. I mean, I did a video recently about when I was a, when I was a cub scout always doing some kind of sponsored walk or hike or something. So from a young age, I'd be out there with my sponsor bit of paper, knocking on doors, asking if they could sponsor me. And uh, not many people, but some people would be like, fuck off, you little whatever. Little what? <laughs> and have like doors slammed in the face. It's like, oh, that's a bit really rude. But Did you genuinely, uh, this, is, this is completely off topic, did you suffer racism when asking for sponsorship on people's no, doors? Not, no, not, not, uh, not that, because you, you could only ask in your uniform. So I had my little Cub Scout uniform Okay. On. So, so generally speaking, it's... So just fuck off your little Cub. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was Cub. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got lots of racism, but not, not doing that. So, okay, it's like, it's like me now. Now I'm... So training for the marathon, I run in my Pancreatic Cancer UK... Top. Mm. And I could be imagining it, but you seem to get a lot more waves and nods off drivers going past you wearing that. And it's because you normally run naked. Given, <laughs> and given given a wide berth, I mean. But then again, there's still always an odd. So what I need, I need to get you, you a variety of tops around um, empathetic topics. Cub Scouts, yeah. So that when you're running, you're safe. I'm safe. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just run in this one all the time. I think. Maybe I'm imagining it, but it just generally does seem like... Uh, no, it's it's like when um, when a cyclist goes past and they're doing uh, Land's End to John O'Groats and they've got a flag with whatever the cause is on, they definitely get an easier ride than the, mm. the hobby cyclists. Definitely. Yeah. Which I, which means, I mean, sensible thing for all cyclists to do is stick a big flag on your bike. I mean, generally speaking, drivers seem to be all right with runners, but I've I've definitely had much more trouble cycling because there's some right-fucking wanky card. When you're on your bike and someone drives past you at even 40 and they don't give you enough room, it, it's fucking it's, well, it's scary I, stuff. I mean, you know, the other day I was driving down the lanes in Oxfordshire and someone managed to chip my windscreen. But I was in a car and it was scary. So I can't... Uh, doing that on a bike, if somebody, if, you know, because this Range Rover came past me at 80 mile an hour, kicked up a stone... 
if that hit me in the face on my bike, yeah, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, there's some, you know, and it is a small percentage, but life, business, you've got to be prepared for that percentage. You can't, you can't like live in fear about what someone might say or might do, but you've also got to be prepared for it. It's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. So sometimes someone will always catch you off guard, but ultimately, I guess we are talking about that, right? You're giving your time and expertise free of charge. Now you've got to get some financial reward, reward. for well, doing that. I'll give, I'll give you what a, are you going to sell? I'll give you an example. So the, the masterclass slash webinar I was on on the weekend, in the chat, this one bloke all the way through, I can't find you on Company's House. Are you legit? Are you just a con artist? Over okay. and over and over. And so you're building up towards this pitch, this sale, and at the same time you've got objections and doubt live that everybody else can see. Now, there are things you can do with Zoom to locate mm. that, but should you have to? I don't know. Now, we're lucky the guy we're working with is very talented at hosting a webinar, and he's already armed with his link to company's house and all that stuff. But, yeah. Was this guy just thick rather than a troll? No, he signed up. <laughs> Genuinely, he signed up. Brilliant. And I knew he would. I knew he would. Because, you're in, like, you reacted then. Your initial reaction is, who's this prick? But if you take yourself out of the situation, which is really hard to do during the webinar, oh, he's just doing his due diligence, which means he's in the consideration phase, which means he's got his hand in his wallet. I should actually mm. entertain this. Whereas if he was just saying, you seem like a conning prick, that's different. But yeah. to say, oh, I'm struggling to find your own company's house, it, it's a higher level of trolling mm, as such. Mm, mm. Um but yeah, imagine the amount of people who aren't skilled at webinars will have had people in the consideration phase and said the wrong thing. Uh, it's, it's, sales is hard. So how do you um, how do you make a, a good connection with your audience? And so you're you're on you're on Zoom. Um, is it, does anyone do t webinars on Teams? No, but there's there's loads of webinar software out there, isn't there? I just can't remember any of them now. We're doing a podcast on webinars. Um, my me go to my meeting. No, is that? Oh one? yeah, my meeting. Never see anyone. Everything's, everything's fucking Zoom, isn't it? Well, I I always find it difficult when people adopt a different platform from the one everyone else uses. Now, I'm not saying that's right, but if you're doing something like a webinar, use whatever's going to be most recognisable to the people likely to sign up. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I, I completely appreciate you should go against that in many areas of marketing. But in terms of like platform, if everyone's used, if concerts are held at the stadium and everyone's used to going to the stadium to see concerts, suddenly changing to do it in the town hall is a stupid idea. So, yeah, that's yeah. So, um, it's funny actually because uh, in the various fundraising things I've done, just giving is by far the easiest. Everyone recognises it. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, a lot of people have a just given accounts. So they don't have to bloody register and all that shit. They've already registered. But it's just that name you know, isn't it? So Zoom. Yeah. yeah so basically, if you're going to do a webinar for the first time, our advice is go use Zoom. Yeah. But learn how to use it properly. Yeah. Um, and so how would you, um, yeah, build, build, build an audience? Um, connect with your audience. There's sort of techniques that you need to use that – Again, don't come easy. So, you know, we both play music at the start of ours. I was waiting for it to fill up. Um, and I'll often have 
something on the screen, so some social proof th- to flick through or or our documentary or whatever it might be. Um, and I'll be in the chat at the same time saying, just waiting for the stragglers. When they arrive, if we could all do a silent boo, I'd really appreciate it. Just stupid jokes. But I'm building connection, building rapport with the audience from the moment the first person arrives. And I'll use their name. So, oh, hi, Dave. Thanks for being on time. Not everyone's as good as you. Give us a couple of minutes. Just like build rapport, build so rapport. You're moving your fingers now. Are you are you saying this by typing? Or yeah, in, in the, the chat because oh, okay. I've got the music on the go and I've not brought myself on video okay. yet. So I'm just like chatting away, chatting away, pretending it's one of the team or whatever. Even better, it is one of the team. But you know, when you're doing webinars at seven at night, shock. It's quite hard to get mm, employees mm, to stick around. Lazy bastards. Um, so I'm constantly building rapport. Then when people. St- start asking questions i reference the question as i go and remind them that i'll come back to it in the q a at the end and then even better than that when i do do the q a i ask them to ask the question again on video and bring themselves live so everyone can see so how do they ask questions during the webinar in the chat generally if you if you're not using the webinar features so is that an important thing for people to know then because i mean I'm trying to think if I've had anyone unmute themselves and try and ask a question. I've had one, but he was properly thick. Because um, I, I, I do tend to make it clear at the beginning, ask questions as you go, use the chat function yeah. rather than, and spell it out, rather than unmute yourself because then you'll get a free for all and I won't be able to serve you all as well. Yeah, I've only, I've only ever had someone unmute once and they were really disruptive and they knew they were being disruptive. And got nothing better to do. And they carried on, they carried on. And I just said, right, I'm going to have to stop you there. You, you're spoiling this for everyone else. And I just kicked them out. And uh, I got it worked really well. Everyone was like, oh, thank God for that. Thank you so much. But I did get a bit of a brutal email about, oh, when the going gets tough, do you just fucking kick people out? And I was like, well, no, I was trying to provide value. What's the person's to problem then? Life. Oh, Okay. I don't think their issue was with me. It takes something to just give waste. us an example. So, how did you how did you make that uh, that call compared to the guy who was saying I can't find you on company's house to to our client? Uh, being abusive. Oh right, okay. being rude. Oh really? Um, and questioning everything to the point of, I think I think at the time the webinar was about Facebook ads, mm. and he'd come on to say why he thinks Facebook ads are shit. Fucking all right. Okay. So it was like, right, you've got. You've got a motive. Um, but I, there's a bit of the greater good going on as well. So maybe I could have worked hard on him and won him round. But at the time, I had a lot of other people who had given up their time to watch, mm. to try and learn something. And That sounds like the right call to me. I think if you're doing something with Facebook ads and someone's starting point is, I think Facebook ads are shit. Convince me otherwise. Actually, no, I'd rather not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to hopefully teach you something that will be useful for you. So I think on our refreshed website, it actually says something about like you know, if you view marketing as a cost rather than investment, just, just go fuck yourself. Don't yeah, don't <laughs> get in touch because the chance of you winning that person round, for want of a better phrase, are slim. And even then, that's a lot of time you could have spent helping people who view marketing as an investment rather than a cost. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I don't get up in the morning to try and cost people money. That's that's not my objective. I get up in the morning to try and help people. 
So when someone's kind of grinding mm. against that, yeah, how, how much energy have I got to commit to yeah. this person? Yeah, you're right. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> right. So you've mentioned kicking this person out. Any other sort of handy Zoom features and tools that you can use to? So there is a webinar function um, where you can turn it to webinar, so only you can see the chat. It's not public. So this is webinar rather than a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Okay. So you can turn it to webinar, so only you can see the chat. Uh, you've got more control over who's on mute, who isn't, um, who's spotlighted, who isn't. There's there's various things you can do with that. There's like, I mean, there's filters on Zoom. You can bloody draw on Zoom if you want to, draw diagrams on your own slides. Um, oh, slides, right. Yeah, so you can, you know, you can really... What's, a, what's your killer advice on slides then? So slides really are there to emphasize what you're saying and help prompt you. They're not, they shouldn't be there to explain anything to the audience apart from diagrams. Death by PowerPoint. Yeah. So, do you still do you see many Zooms where people are still using really wordy slides? Yeah. Fucking hell, okay, no, that was. I remember cool. someone sent us a slide deck and it was 136 slides. Oh, I just I just gave it to the team to check. I saw the number and thought, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, that's, that's good, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Some topics are more complicated than others. That must be the hell of a Zoom. Shit. So, like, my, you know, my slides have the documentary in, which is obviously not there for me. It's there for the viewers to warm them up to what, what we're The whole about. thing? Yeah. Just give them 10 minutes. Watch this. Uh, do I do that in the webinars? Don't know. I definitely did it in the three-hour one. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Um, and well, That's a good, that's a quick segue, then. Um, over Between Christmas and New Year, you did a three-hour webinar hmm. what's your general rule of advice for how long should your webinar be well if you're new to it anything over 45 minutes plus q a is going to kill you um always have q a i'd say always have q a i think it's a great way to not have your pitch at the end and also a brilliant way to engage with the audience and clear up any objections because some people speak up some people don't but yeah the three hour one uh, it was our most successful in terms of sales, um, which you'd hope because there's that was so much mm. bloody nurture. But what was the turn up percentage on that one? Thirty two percent, I think. Well, <laughs> I know it was. Yeah, um, that's good. Good timing as well between Christmas. Yeah, and New Year. between Christmas and New Year, and basically for business owners that are bored, um, and have brought loads of value. I mean, it's pretty much a workshop, isn't it? At three hours. Um, but it's a hell of a commitment. It's a hell of a commitment to do that. So go go for like 45 minutes if you just Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, one of my mentors does Friday to Sunday for free and hires a studio and does it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seven hours each day. Free. But he's also incredibly experienced at presenting and he's trying to sell something on the other end that costs 15 grand. So, yeah. I know um, someone's running, uh, someone who does well in business is running um, an event and it's in person, but it will also be live streamed. And I think it's, I think the deal is 250 quid, but it's the same price whether you attend virtually or in person. Mm. And Grant, I think Cardone just did that because no one good. can get to America. So, because all, all the anti vaxxers aren't allowed in still. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I saw Jokovic uh, kicking off about it. Yeah, that. yeah, so he just said, yeah, well, I'll run it virtually too, it's the same, same price. price. 
same amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what can you do to measure the success? Then you've done a webinar. You're on a high. You're thinking, "Fucking, I nailed that. Brilliant." Um, and I think we had a case of this recently. Um, was it a was it a prospect who reached out, really happy with their webinar, wanted I help to run another one? Said, "Okay, tell me why you're happy with your webinar." And it turned well. I think we probably made them quite depressed because it turned out that they lost a shitload of time and money. So I'm like incredibly clinical with this. I, I've got you know cards on the table. Don't mention spreadsheets. I love a spreadsheet. That's where we're headed. So my spreadsheet will say uh, how many people have been to the landing page, how many people signed up, how many of those signups came from ads, then how many show ups we got. Then it'll say how many book calls we got, and it'll say how many sales we got, and what that was worth, and how much we spent on ads. So then we can see return on investment, we can see uh, show up rate, we can see percentage of registrants that came from ads, and we can see uh, percentage of registrants based on lands on the landing page. And then I and then I do that again for the following webinar and again for the following webinar. So I've got data to compare. That is a quick way to make yourself feel very depressed because there's massive mm. variations. Mm. But like what our client, we I do the same stats for our client. He's just done the exact same webinar as he did last month. This month, he was up on all of his variables. Sorry, so exactly the same title? No, he no he cha- he changes the title. Right, so um, he's, he's ads- uh, no, did he change the title? No, he didn't change the title, but he's no by no means exhausted his audience. He's got a massive, massive. Right, he's not targeting like a different geography or something. No, he's, right, he's okay. just he's just got a massive audience. Okay, um, but more landing page views, more registrants, uh, more registrants through ads, uh, higher show up rate, more show ups, more book calls. But the reality is less sales. Oh. And uh, the only variation in the whole thing, and I'm, I won't name names, was that the salesperson doing the closing calls split the load with another salesperson uh, because okay. they have more book calls. Uh, okay. So, so, Mr. Numbers Man, mm. let's assume you've got your ads rocking and rolling. Yeah. What can people expect as a conversion rate for the landing page? So what percentage of people who arrive at your landing page, let's assume they've been targeted well, will fill out the form and register? Um, What's a number that should make you think, so, okay, that's, that's So you're, you're doing well if you've got 1%, and you're doing really well if you've got 2%. Okay. There, there's, there's, there's a truth bomb for you right there then. Um, Fucking hell, 2%. However. Use our method. Well, Which we're not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not telling you that. But the client that we're talking about here, one in seven people sign up that click through from his ads. So I don't know what that is a percentage, thirteen percent or something. Yeah. So there they are. That's fucking yeah, mental. Yeah, I know Kim Constable, Kimmy. She, uh, yeah, she says yeah, one percent. But then again, she's, she's volume-based as well. She, yeah, right? volume-based, and one of these people who's prepared to spend $50 to get $100 in. Because it's all margin. It's, like, there's no, it's all profit, what yeah. she sells, because yeah. it's evergreen, Yeah, where most of our clients are selling something that has costs in. Mm-hmm. So we have to be a bit more considered. Oh. So there we go, spreadsheet fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth think... it in the end. I knew my numbers. No, when it came to imp- it. Imp- yeah, important to know. You need uh, someone um, like me, ultimately, that... 
you know, in, in every successful business, there's a Joel and there's an Andy. And Andy is there ultimately to make sure shit happens. And I'm there sure to make sure it happens properly. I'll tell you something I do like about spreadsheets. Go on. Google Sheets. Closing them. <laughs> Fucking handing them to someone else. Uh, Google Sheets. Google Sheets. Google Docs. What's their PowerPoint one? Slides. Fucking hell. Yeah. Why didn't I discover that before? Game changer. Slides are just so much better than PowerPoint. I've got spreadsheets coming out of my ears now. I love a spreadsheet. Because oh. they're all interconnected. So now I'm like, well, don't do that because I know I know it won't work. How do you yeah. know it won't work? Because this spreadsheet will tell you why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which no, is... no, I, I, yeah, I know. I totally understand the beauty of it. Just daughter it myself. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm here. But... And, and so what, what other, I'm trying to think what other advice, because we've done a few, load of webinars now. Um, got quite a few clients running webinars. I think, you know, the managing expectations, I can't stress that enough that this isn't going to revolutionize your business overnight. And I got to be honest, I'm pretty sure we were pretty pissed off back in the day when we did our first webinar. We were so excited about it. We thought the subject was killer. It was something like bloody how to we become a Facebook right? ads. We did it together, right? We did it together. Yeah, how to become a Facebook ads master or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, we've had like a 10% turn up rate. I think we did make a couple of sales. We, we but, did. We made two grand but, of sales. But it yeah. was um, it's like, oh, right, okay. And then you think, what did we do right? What could we have done better? And then it, it was till number four or five where it's like, yeah, yeah, we've, we, we've got this nail. So obviously anyone with grandparents will know patience is a virtue. So you're told when you're a kid. Um, but it really is. I, um, we made three sales the week before last to people who came to our webinars over six months ago. And they didn't buy tickets to our live event at the webinar like they were intended to then. They bought them later on when we did a the prices are going up campaign. And it's really hard to say, oh, I'd let you know, for ease of numbers, oh, I had a hundred people sign up and and 30 showed up and I made five sales to then think actually amongst the other 95 people there's probably a couple more sales down the line for me but since we've done webinars we've dramatically increased the size of our database dramatically okay. that's that's yeah that's something we haven't discussed it's probably a good point to end on the fact that you're not just buying the people who bought off you you're buying everyone who's registered there are more people in your database that you can stay in touch with serve them content of relevance and value mm. then one day They'll, they'll leave, they'll buy, or they'll refer you. Yeah, And that's nice. what you're paying for. And that wraps it up, I think. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today. Hold up. 